The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe for this Friday, the 20th of January in London. Coming up this hour. Heading for higher ground. Fed speakers double down on the need for more rate hikes. Sunny uplands, here we come. Davos bankers offer cautious optimism about the year ahead. More staff needed. UK employers go on a hiring spree in January. Don't expect tax cuts as super-rich fall out of love with Britain and Labour's Davos charm offensive. Those are the stories we're looking at in today's papers, and I'm Leanne Gerrans. Plus, Reed Hastings' season finale. The Netflix CEO announces that he's stepping down from the top job. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe on DAB Digital Radio London, Bloomberg 1130 New York, Bloomberg 991 Washington DC, Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Cirrus XM Channel 119 and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business App. Good morning, I'm Stephen Carroll. And I'm Caroline Hepke. Here are the stories that we're following today. The Fed needs to continue raising rates if it wants to get inflation onto a sustainable path. That's the view of two of the bank's top decision makers who say price rise data is still coming in too hot. Federal Reserve Vice Chair Lael Brainard says more work is needed. As we move the policy rate closer to what we call a sufficiently restrictive level, taking into account the risks around both our employment and inflation goals, in parallel the balance sheet is continuing to run off. That said, inflation remains high and policy is going to need to remain sufficiently restrictive for some time to make sure it gets down to 2% on a sustained basis. Lael Bernard's view was supported by the New York Fed President John Williams, who said officials have yet to complete their aggressive tightening campaign. While both policymakers notably chose not to take a view on where rates will peak, bond traders are increasingly betting the Fed will stop short of 5%. Inflation in Japan has hit the highest level in more than four decades, adding to the pressure on the Bank of Japan. Consumer prices, excluding fresh food, rose 4% in December year-on-year as energy costs uh, rose sharply. The data was in line with expectations and comes just days after the BOJ said that it would keep its yield curve control in place. The central bank now owns over half of all Japanese government bonds. On the final day of the World Economic Forum, Davos attendees say they are hopeful of a mild recession this year. The positive tone reflects the surprising strength of bank earnings and consumer resilience. Morgan Stanley CEO James Gorman summed up the optimism. There's clear evidence inflation has in fact peaked and is coming down, right? 
how quickly, whether the Fed will get us to 2% and when, remains the debate. But is clearly the, the slope of the line is positive, is um, to everybody's favour. And the second is not just the opening up of China, but China has embraced the rest of the world more aggressively in the last few weeks, witnessed by the Vice Premier meeting with Treasury Secretary Yellen. But economists are more downbeat than finance executives like Gorman. The IMF's managing director, Kristalina Georgieva, warned Davos elites are sleepwalking into crisis as the fund prepares to revise its global growth forecast. And we'll have more from Davos from Bloomberg's Francine Lacroix in just a moment. Here in the UK, employers have gone on a hiring spree. According to the Recruitment and Employment Confederation, 180,000 new job vacancies were added just in early 2023. The data comes as the Business Secretary, Grant Shapps, visited Davos to make the case for UK investment. Here's what he told Bloomberg's editor-at-large, Francine Lacroix. In the UK, we have four of the ten best universities in the world. So we have a lot of the science and technology in green tech. We are open for business and we want to scale up Britain. The business secretary may be optimistic about the outlook for the UK, but consumers are less so. Research firm JFK said that its measure of consumer sentiment fell three points to minus 45 this month, the first decline in four months. In corporate news, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings is stepping aside after two decades at the top of the firm he founded. Hastings is handing the reins to deputies Ted Sarandos and Greg Peters, but will remain as executive chairman. TV executive and Hang CEO John Klein says the road ahead looks bumpy. It's very, very difficult for established incumbents to change a culture, but it can be done. But it's a big mission. It's a little harder to do with three people at the top, which is what Netflix now has. John Klein was speaking to Bloomberg after the streaming giant reported almost 7.7 million new subscribers in its latest quarter, well ahead of analyst expectations. Netflix says the decision to offer a cheaper ad-supported package has helped to boost growth. And JP Morgan's Jamie Dimon says that working from home is no good for younger staff or bosses. More on that story now from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet. It is the Wall Street Titans' latest salvo against remote work. In an interview from the World Economic Forum in Davos on CNBC, the JP Morgan CEO said, quote, it doesn't work for young kids or spontaneity or management. His comments come amid an industry-wide slowdown in finance and increasing signs of a recession, which has pushed big banks to slash bonuses, cut jobs, and pause hiring. In New York, Charlie Pellet. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. So those are our top stories uh, this morning. I can't help but think if Jamie Dimon is talking about people not working from home, what he'd make of the latest data that we've had from Spare Room, the renting website web- website in London, saying that more people are actually trying to rent out their spare rooms oh, right. to try and make ends meet, which might mean an end to their home office space as well, if they're trying to kind of look at their soaring bills in January and trying to see how they can make ends Look, I think it's a real it's a real issue. Uh, you know, I can't have been the only person on Zoom watching people, um, you know, having to work from very, very tight accommodation and yet you have to balance all of that with whether you can easily get to work uh, interesting the RMT when it comes to all the strike action on trains they uh, have now um, seen a best and final offer apparently so for train drivers it's going to be 5% backdated pay rise for 2022 and then another 4% this year the RMT union uh, says that they're going to have a think about it 
Okay, well, while they're thinking about that, coming up next, don't expect tax cuts. The super rich fall out of love with Britain and Labour's Davos charm offensive. Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The Paper Review on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers. So joining us this morning, Bloomberg's Leanne Gerens. Let's begin with the Financial Times. It has the headline, Jeremy Hunt warns not to expect tax cuts in the March budget. Yes, indeed, Caroline. Good morning to you. So some Conservatives want to start reducing taxes right now. But the Chancellor's told those MPs that it would actually be irresponsible to do so in his March budget. And this is at a time when inflation is so high. The newspaper says uh, Jeremy Hunt hopes that by the next year, inflation Mm. will be coming under control, which will allow a pre-election giveaway, which is actually expected in autumn 2024. However, Tory strategists have also told the newspaper that a path to victory in the next general election is steep and narrow. Uh, Hang on a second. Bloomberg's Joe Mays has reported that Rishi Sunak told people up in Morecambe that he wants to t- cut their taxes. Yeah, that's absolutely true. So he was up in Morecambe yesterday and this was for the levelling up agenda that the Prime Minister was dishing out cash for. And the FT also says Tory strategists say the party will aim to show voters the economy has turned a corner and that brighter times do lie ahead. And Rishi Sunak did make it clear he wants to cut taxes, but just not right now. Okay, the Times, meanwhile, says the super-rich are falling out of love with Britain. Oh, this is sad, isn't it? This is not what we like to hear. Yes, a little bit less people, uh, you know, living here. But the latest exodus continues. And this is really a trend that did begin after the Brexit vote in 2016, when thousands of millionaires left the UK. Dozens of really well-paid bankers were forced by their employees to relocate around Europe. And according to data from Henley, 
billion partners, a further 1,400 high net worth individuals, defined as those with wealth in the excess of $1 million left to Britain, but really the hangover from the Brexit vote. Yeah, okay. And perhaps no surprise then, the EBA data that we had out yesterday showed almost 2,000 million euro bankers uh, uh, over in Europe uh, just this year. So, yeah, close to 2,000 of those super well paid are now in Europe. Um, But if these very wealthy individuals don't like Britain, where are they going? Well, they're going to greener pastures, maybe, and these globe-trotting millionaires have been tempted to go to places like the Middle East and Asia mm. instead of coming back here to the UK. Maybe sunnier climates. <laughs> it's the weather, definitely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right, Leanne. Uh, in The Guardian, the headline is Keir Starmer and Rachel Reeves fill a vacuum in Davos Charm Offensive. Yes, exactly. And Keir Starmer and Rachel Reeves have taken advantage of the absence of a Rishi Sunak and his Chancellor Jeremy Hunt at the World Economic Forum in Davos. And according to the newspaper, Labour's top team were there to show the world the party is back to the political middle ground and is a pro-business party. The Prime Minister may have been missing, but Grant Shapps was there talking about his plans to scale up Britain over a lunch. You know what the lunch was? Very healthy. Grilled vegetables and roast chicken breast. Shapps mm. said the UK government had growth strategy. I think that almost meets your standards for food, Leanne Gary. I am vegan. Take out the chicken. Yes, he'll just yeah. take out the chicken. But um, there we are. Apparently he had a lunch, very healthy lunch. But listen, this is really red versus blue and it seems like the charm offensive for Keir Starmer and Rachel Reeves went the way they wanted it to. Okay, really good. Thank you so much. Leanne Gerrans there for our review of the newspapers. Well, of course, speaking of Davos, where else uh, should we go but to Bloomberg's anchor and editor-at-large, Francis The world's elite have flocked back to Davos this week. This is the final day. There'll be a panel with the IMF Managing Director, Kristalina Georgieva, the ECB President, Christine Lagarde, and the French Finance Minister, Bruno Le Maire. Uh, But there has been some grumbling about who did not attend the World Economic Forum. So Francine Lacroix joins us now. Really good to have you on the show this morning, Fran. Hi, good morning. Good morning. We knew there weren't going to be any Russian or Chinese billionaires, but the surprise, perhaps, was the absent Americans? A hundred percent. And in fact, if you look at the G7 leaders in general, um, Caroline, there was less room for a few good public appearances, and so there was only one G7 leader, and that was Olaf Scholz. I think the reason you come for Davos or to Davos to give a big speech is either you're optimistic about the world or you have a very strong message. And we're kind of in this limbo. So if you look at who we've had in the past, we had that huge, huge speech from President Xi of China about five years ago saying that they wanted to open up in the world. We did have, of course, Donald Trump in many years asking for business um, for you know to come to the U.S. This time, we didn't really have uh, anyone huge from the U.S. delegation. So we didn't have President Joe Biden. We didn't have the vice president. We didn't even have the Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. And what was a little bit strange is actually there was um, Janet Yellen, but she was in Switzerland to meet with the vice premier of China, not in Davos, and in, but they decided to meet in Zurich. So the vice president of China was here, and then he drove two hours to Zurich to meet with the Treasury Secretary before she flew to Africa. So it's it's a little bit of a strange Davos. I think a lot of people are back, they want to do deals, but you were missing the kind of headline, you know, prime minister that you try and and usually doorstep or the president that you want to try and speak to. I remember, again, chasing the Iranian president years ago 
they haven't come for a long time. So maybe Davos is changing a little bit. Francine, now we know that anyone who's anyone at Davos speaks to you. So uh, among the interviews you've had this week, who's who has stood out for you? So we've spoken, um, Stephen, to three sovereign wealth funds. I think in total they have like two trillion assets under management. It was interesting to hear them talk about optimism, which I think is probably too rife in Davos. Everyone is talking about the recession possibly being avoided, reaching peak inflation because of China reopening, but also because markets have been up in the last two weeks. And if you look at it from an eagle-eye perspective, these are the same people that were really downbeat about three, you know, three, four weeks ago even. So there has been a turning point since the start of the year. And I was really interested in speaking to these sovereign wealth funds. They had a bit more of a dose of reality because they have to allocate capital. So I really, really enjoyed um, a lot of our interviews with that. We spoke to the Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund. We spoke to the QIA. And then, look, a lot of the focus was with Wall Street. We had all of the Titans drop by the studio, and we spoke to them about bonuses and compensation. And then, of course, let's not forget Ukraine. We had the Polish prime minister. Uh, we had the Ukraine economy minister. And, and it always stops in your track. I know we cover it day in, day out. But when you have someone physically present with you talking about some of the hardship on the ground, it's, um, you know, it, it's not something that, that you forget very easily. No, absolutely. It does ram that point home that there is um, a war on the European continent ongoing. Um, Look, just briefly, you mentioned the Qatar Investment Authority. You spoke to the CEO. I mean, is there much has been made of the pivot to the Middle East, emerging markets, a booming region? A booming region and they're ready to do deals. So we had tried to, you know, speak to the QIA um, almost all year. And they really do only like speaking to Davos, partly because maybe he's more relaxed. Uh, it's on a world stage and he wants to also speak to the companies that they own. But I have to say, a lot of the companies owned by the QIA show up also to meet with him here in Davos. The other story that really surprised me is football. You know, let's let's remember there was all this, there's like this shop parade, and I have a couple of people from the newsroom that said, oh, can you get me a T-shirt of Marcus Rashford? This was Manchester United. But it's not that kind of shop. You don't go in and buy merchandise. This is a shop that basically they're speaking to investors, and this is a week where not only did, you know, were there rumors that if they, you know, that they could sell a stake, but also that it was the first bid from Jim Bradsmith that came on. So I asked the QAI, I said, oh, you, do you want to buy football? And um, he laughed nervously, and he said, look, we're, we're, we're of course looking at everything, but, uh, you know, the Premier League, it, there's nothing really quite like it. We also spoke to the tra- okay. to the business sector of the UK. I said, look, is the Premier League really all for sale? And he also laughed and said, look, we're open for business. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business app and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. I'm Caroline Hepke. And I'm Stephen Carroll. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day, right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. 
Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.